This is Life Change Church, Muskegon. What are you doing while you listen? Driving, mowing the lawn, folding the laundry, multitasking? We're so glad you're here. Subscribe and share this weekly podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, on iTunes, or at mylifechangechurch.tv. Join us in person Sunday mornings at 9.30 or 11.30, or catch us on Facebook Live. Here's Pastor Ron Rands. Well, today we're going to talk about a subject being sent. Many times in life, we look at other people and we defer to others as it's their responsibility. Like, uh, for instance, especially in spiritual matters. And yet God um, doesn't see it that way. And today we're going to learn that we're sent. God wants to send us into our workplaces. He wants to send us into the hospitals. And he wants to send us into spaces to intersect lives. And that many times we'll even go through hardships in our life because the Lord wants us to show who he is in that space of hardship that we're designed to be the billboard, the ambassadors of Christ, to be a light in that space. This um, last week, I was with some friends. Um, We have some friends that have a house in Summerlin Key, which is just basically north of uh, Key West area. And we get to, this is I think our third year there, fourth year, I don't know, I'm losing. You know, it's easy to lose sight when it's a lot of fun, amen? (laughs) So anyway, uh, but we go down there and uh, with my, and we spent time, and this year was probably one of the best years for uh, growth spiritually. And that was, that was an intentional thing for my life that I wanted to intersect people with the Right Now Media. How many of you guys understand what Right Now Media is yet? Okay, put your, how many of you still don't know what Right Now Media is? Okay, how many still don't know what Right Now Media is? All right. Okay, Right Now Media is an app that you may get from our church for free. Everybody say, for free. You guys know where I'm going with that, right? So everybody can get your taxes done for free. Anyway, so um, you can get Right Now Media. You do not have to call this church your home, but you can get it for free. And what it is, it is probably one of the greatest tools that God has allowed and brought into since version. version was one of those great tools that God allowed into the church family. Well, I believe this is just even as good, if not better, all right? And it's great for young families, it's great for marriages, it's great for uh, men's ministry, women's ministry, it's great for young people, children, there's great for families. It is one of the greatest tools. If I haven't sold it yet, you should be sold by now, all right? And what I find is this, that so many people um, just don't understand how to receive. They know how to give. In fact, what we do, a lot of times receiving makes us more vulnerable. Giving is, means you're in control. I can get my wallet out and I can give you money. I'm still in control. But when you get your wallet out and you start giving to me, awkward. Because now I have to learn how to receive. And God is teaching us how to receive. The Bible says to him who receives, to him or her, they, have the, they become the child of God. Which means this, if you don't know how to receive, you will never have the power of a child of God in your life. You may have it bypass you, you may have it all around you, but the power of God that God wants to have in your life will be reminiscent of you because you don't know how to receive. 
And so Lord, it was, what was happening is the Lord creates these scenarios in our life where they're bigger than you, where they're harder than you, that you do not have the gift makeup, you don't have the anointing, you don't have the strength, you've never been in that space before. So what God does, he goes, I'm gonna send you out there. And why does he send you out there? Because it's bigger than you so that when something's bigger than you, the only way you can get through it is if you know how to receive. Luke chapter 10 um, is where we're going to be starting our read today. And it's about, and I love the book of um, Luke because it's a gospel. Obviously, here's a physician. And we look at physicians today just like we could look at physicians in that day. People that were of, you know, they, they were of means and they were gifted. And yet here we have Luke, who's one of the disciples, and he's a physician. And he's a man that has a lot of means, and yet isn't it interesting, here's a person who knows how to heal with his hands. He's been taught how to do that, and yet he's the one that talks about God as the healer more than any other disciple. disciple. Why? Because it's so easy to lean to our own strengths. It's so easy to lean into ourselves. And Luke is saying, I'm not going to lean into that space in my life. I'm going to lean into who God is. Jesus is as the great physician. Luke 10, 1, the Lord now chose 70 other disciples and sent them on ahead in pairs. 70 other, by the way, when I I remember um, in this study, I used it for the longest time, I thought there was the 58 other. I thought there was the 12, then added to 58 and made 70. These are 70 other than the 12 that God already has sent them on ahead in pairs to all the towns and villages he planned to visit later. Very key. Jesus planned to visit later. He was sending his disciples on places that he was going to visit. By the way, that's what happens. God wants to visit. Jesus wants to visit your workplace, but he sends you ahead. He wants to visit the hospital, but he sends you ahead. He sends you ahead. These are spaces where Jesus says, I'm going to go there. And many times you go, well, if Jesus just shows up, Jesus has always included you. He's always included us. It's always been the plan. That's why he sent Adam and Eve on this earth to begin with. We're always supposed to be a part of the grand plan of God. Number two, there were the instructions to them, plead with the Lord of the harvest to send out more labors. For the harvest is so plentiful and the workers are so few. Go now and remember that I am sending you out as lambs among the wolves. Don't take any money with you or a beggar's bag or even an extra pair of shoes and don't waste time along the way. Whenever you enter a home, give it your blessing. It is worthy of the blessing. The blessing will stand. If not, the blessing will return to you. When you enter a village, don't shift, ar- shift around from home to home, but stay in one place, eating and drinking without question whatever is set before you. And don't hesitate to accept hospitality, for the workman is worthy of his wages. And if a town welcomes you, follow these two rules. Eat whatever is set before you, heal the sick, and you heal them. Say the kingdom of God is near you now. By the way, what is that saying? God wants you to be the one that is being sent. And so many times what we do is is we feel like we're sent to church. And God goes, no, you receive in church and you're sent to the world. You're sent to the world. And so I'm going to try to demonstrate this because I don't have this in my notes right now. 
But Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30. So write it down if you're taking notes. Ezekiel 22, verse 30. It says, God goes, looks to and fro. He's looking like this. So I see God all the time. God looking around and saying, who's going to be and stand in the gap? Who's going to be in that gap? So I'm going to try to demonstrate this because I realize that a lot of times physically we learn um, from that. So what I want to do is have you wonderful family. Come on up here. I want you guys to, what I'd like you guys to do is, I don't, and hopefully four of you is enough, we'll get more if we have to, but we're going to, the altar here, we're going we're gonna to say is God's presence, the space where they want to get. So what I want you to do is go over here and touch, grab, reach out now, you, around, reach out as far as you can. All right, so now, do you see that they can, they can, they are now in the gap. They're standing in the can, can, you, can you guys see it? Okay. The Bible says God looks. God is looking. Ezekiel 20 says God is looking for someone that will stand in the gap. Now, Rhonda, I want you to, all right, be disobedient for a minute. All right, you want you to go over there and sit down. See, now we still have a what? Now we have a gap. We have a gap in the presence and the touch of what God wants to do in someone's life. Ezekiel 22 says, God says, I look for someone that will stand in the gap. God is looking for you. He's not going, well, pastor, you go sit. No, he's looking for someone. Ron, I want you to come up here, stand in the, the gap. And so many times we look at it and go, why isn't God working? God's going, it's because nobody's standing in the the gap, someone's in the workplace, someone's in the hospital, someone's in the supermarket, someone's at the gas station, and all of these people equate to the space of someone standing in the gap. Would you guys be seated? Just give my hands there. Thank you so much. Let me tell you something. This is so important. Let me, let me tell you something. This week we were at a wonderful friend's house, and uh, their daughter and their son-in-law was staying there too, so we had some time to meet some new friends and and uh, Lindsay and, and Mike, are uh, we, we've known them a little bit. In fact, Lindsay, I, I, she's down in another state now, and I wish Lindsay was here because she was a, one of those people that was just a go-to. She was always inviting people to this church, and she's, she, she introduces her, her family to us, and Craig and Lori. And Anyway, bottom line is, is uh, we were having this time, and, it, uh, and Lindsay was alone. And uh, it was evening, and we're down by the space of right by their pool area, and we're just talking. And we're talking about Jesus. If it's Lindsay and Brent and I, we're talking about Jesus. We're just having this great conversation. And uh, Lindsay uh, opened up a, a space in her heart. And that space is she had a fear of dying early. And, you know, and I'm, that's not God's plan, amen? Is that not God's plan? It's not God's plan, amen? And so I said, well, that's not Jesus. And I remember Brenda actually sharing with her, she said, that's not God, that's Satan's voice. That's not God's voice. That's fear. That's not God's voice. And so anyway, I said, well, can we pray? Can we pray? And so we, you know, got in that little um, space of time and got in the gap and we prayed together. And we prayed life over her. That evening, 15 minutes later, Satan tries to take her out and that car got T-boned. I believe that we, we, because we stood in the gap, that Lindsay didn't even get hurt. She got some bumps and bruises, but the car was basically totaled out. And I'm gonna tell you something, many times we're, we're so busy with vacation or we're 
busy with retirement or we're busy with ourselves or whatever. We're missing those spaces in life where we stand in the gap and the Spirit of God has a hand out and going over there, I'm going to do a work in someone's life. I'm going to do a work in someone's marriage. I'm going to do a work in someone's child. I'm going to do a work in someone's youth. I'm going to do a work in the workplace. God is looking for someone through your life. He's looking to work through your life to touch someone else. And many times we're going, well, I'll invite him to church. And God says, you can have church right there. You can have church by the pool. You can have church by the beach. You can have church in the bathroom. You can have church wherever because wherever you are, the Bible says this, the kingdom of God is near you. You know why? Because the kingdom of God lives inside of you. The kingdom of God already lives on the inside of your life. And church is not about a space. Yes, the presence here is increased. Yes, the presence here of God is the, the fullness of God wants to move in his church family. And I only have a part of that presence. I only have a part of the Holy Spirit. And where all of us get together, there's going to be obviously a whole lot more Holy Spirit involved. But in the meantime, God was says, look, if somebody will stand in the gap, I will make up the difference. I have seen God do so much. And the reason why you don't feel like you're enough, because you're not. But God is through you. You're not enough. When you say, well, pastor, I don't know what I'm going to say. He told the disciples, don't you worry about what. This is not a new thing. Well, we don't know what we're going to say. He says, good, because I'd like to use your mouthpiece. You'll probably get in the way. Anyway. <laughs> Romans 10 all right, Romans 10, 13 to 15. For everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls in the name of the Lord. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. Matthew 28, a very familiar passage to most of us. Jesus came and told his disciples. How many, are his, are, how many of you right now in this room are his disciples? You guys aren't very participative. <laughs> how many of you are his disciples? All right, okay. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these things. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of age. Proverbs 11, verse 30 says this, The fruit of the consistently righteous is a tree of life. And he was wise, captures, and wins souls for God. He gathers them to eternity. I want to be wise. I don't know. I've never met anybody that doesn't want to be smart. And yet the Bible says very clear. It says he, he who wins souls is wise. So if I'm going to be wise in God's eyes, that means I'm about winning souls for Christ. Number one in your study guides. All right. God sends us out to the harvest field. What is that harvest field? It's your neighborhood. It's your workplace. It's your friends. It's your family. It's the grocery store. It's Facebook. Harvest field facts. Fact one, every one person in the church, there are 20 people that you correspond with every week that don't know Jesus. For every one person in this church, 
that knows Jesus, there are 20 people that you correspond with every week that don't know Jesus. Fact two, people will be discouraged, confused, condemned, lonely, hurt, weak, vulnerable, and hungry. Great harvest field, amen? They are. Number three, God desires to plant your harvest into his soil, the church for spiritual growth. And visitors are the sole source of growth in the church. Let me tell you something. People, we realize that the church family is just what it is. It's a family. This is a, a hospital. It's a, it's, it should be a hospital. It, it should be um, a place to eat dinner together. And I'm not talking about physical dinner, spiritual food together. This is a place where we should grow up and mature. This should be a university for God where we can go out and be everything that God's called us to be, whether it be apostolic, whether it be teachers, whether it be prophets, whether it be the, the, the fivefold ministry or the ministry gifts. God should let us grow up in and nourish in his plan and his design to be all that God's called you to be. Number two, unless the well is being drawn from. Now remember, we read earlier in Luke 10, Jesus sent his disciples out to places he was going to visit. Jesus wants to visit people where you work, and he sends you there first. He wants to visit people in their marriage, but he sends you there first. He, he, what an honor. You're like the John the Baptist in 2021. And Jesus likes to go and, and visit. He's going to walk into the intersection of their life. And John the Baptist prepared the way for them. So you're John the Baptist preparing the way for them. John 6, says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at that last day. You say, well, Pastor, what are you talking about? I look for where God's working. God, give me eyes to see what you're doing. Give me ears to hear where you're at. And God, give me a heart that's sensitive to it. Because I can, I am, I can be really prone to think about myself I can be thinking about whatever is going on instead of what you're doing in this moment, in this space. This, uh, we, were, we flew down into um, Fort Lauderdale and we uh, met this young lady. And you know, the plane was um, really not very full. And so my wife actually was, uh, and she's the one that did this, she was the one sent this time. And she was uh, uh, sitting in this one whole row, There's, um, and there was another young lady next to her. What are the chances that God would have this young lady who was one of seven children? How many children do we have? Seven. One of seven children. People don't have seven children today. She comes from a Christian family, and Brenda ended up talking to her for three hours about Christ discipling this young lady. And what was really awesome is this young lady was going to witness to Brenda. She's over the witnessing to Brenda going over there. You going, do you know who Jesus is? <laughs> do you know? And so it was just this really neat space of time where we could disciple another young lady in God. Not so much in this case of getting saved, not in this one, but helping her in her walk and growing her in her faith. An intersection. 
And so many times what happens in those spaces of time, we just don't allow ourselves to be an instrument or a path, an intersection, someone who would stand in the gap. Because here's this young lady going off into college, and how many realize it's really tough being a college student today and being a Christian today? And so her faith went to a whole other space because she's busy praying for the person that's sitting next to her, and the person sitting next to her is a pastor's wife. And it gave her so much courage and faith. She walked off that plane like she, she was floating off that plane. Her prayer was answered. She was praying about that space in her life. Many times you don't realize you are a prayer answered. I'm so thankful. How do you like it when you're prayer and you're praying and you don't ever seem to get an answer from God? I wonder how many times God sends us and we're not talking. Number three, can you see the window of opportunity? Acts 14, 27 says, Upon arriving in Antioch, they called the church together and reported everything God had done through them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. And they stayed there with the believers for a long time. God opened up a door. Are you looking for those doors? Or are you just only looking for doors that make it easier for your life? Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's workmanship, his masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. That means that God has planned, like I look back in my life and it's easier to look back and see there's a lot more to look back now than there is to look forward, obviously, but unless I think about heaven, right? But I can look back and go, wow, God, you had me shift jobs, different places to work so that I could have an intersection. You had me moving from in, in the mission field so that I could hear the call of God in my life. Lord, you had me intersect this random person just so that random person would get me to this random person and that person would end up being like a discipler in my life. And, you know, so the thing is, God has had all these places of intersections, some very hard, some very hard moments in life. Number four, God got, uh, four, called to be a blessing and not a critic. I've had people come up to me and say, Pastor, I've been put in your life to hold you accountable. Sweet. (laughs) So you're going to tell me when every time I'm wrong and what I'm needing to do right, and I'm like, and and what gives you that, what gives you that right? What gives you that skill set? And, you know, I said, I already have those. I have mentors in my life that are older than me, that have been places I've never been, that are spiritually stronger. Uh, You're not that person. Uh, and so I don't understand. So basically what you're saying is you've been put in my life not to, do, not to stand in the gap for somebody else's life, but to criticize my life. How about no? <laughs> you know, so I look at that in my life going, I don't need critics. People don't need critics. I need encouragement. I criticize my life enough. And I, don't, I have never yet met a person that doesn't criticize their life. I've never met a person that doesn't ever have to deal with guilt, that doesn't have to deal with condemnation, that doesn't have to deal with how many times they've blown it. I have never met that person. And I've met a lot of people on the face of this earth. I don't need that. What I need is, is I need someone to encourage me to stand in that gap. 
to encourage me to stay strong in God, to encourage me in my marriage, to encourage me to be a parent, to be a grandparent. By the way, I'm number 17 grandchild this week. Amen. So to encourage me to be that person. I need encouragement to do that, to stand in that space and be heroic to another person's life, but yet at the same time, we're like, God, I can blow it so easily. Teach me your ways. May I not say the wrong thing. May I say the right thing. A right word in due season, God, will open up a life. A wrong word in a wrong season, Lord, will close a life. God, help me. Keep me from that nonsense. Luke 10, 5, whenever you enter someone's home, first say, may God's peace be on that house. If those who live there are peaceful, the blessing will stand. If they are not, the blessing will return. Don't move around from home to home. Stay in one place, eating and drinking whatever they provide. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who work deserve their pay. If you enter a town and welcomes you, eat whatever is set before you. Heal the sick. Tell them the kingdom of God is near you. Number five. Do you know this may be the last crossroad you have with that person's life? Do you look at it that way? Or are you one of those people that go, I can procrastinate it? Luke 23, verse 32. Jesus, talking to the criminals, two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him. When they came to a place called the skull, they nailed him to the cross. And the criminals were also crucified, one on the right, and one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And the soldiers grabbled, gambled for their clothes by throwing dice. And they, the crowd watched, and the leaders scoffed. He saved others. They said, but let him save himself if he's really God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers mocked him, too, by offering him a dark drink of sour wine. They called out to him, if you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. A sign was fastened above him with these words, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed, so you're the Messiah, are you prove it by saving yourself? And to us, to why you are at it. But the other criminal protested, don't you fear God, even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you today, you will be with me in paradise. Now, can, I don't know about you, but Sometimes we, in our pain, Jesus is in, in excruciating pain. He has felt the abandonment of his Father in heaven. And yet he's still sensitive to a gap in another man's life. And he's sensitive to see that man who's hanging on the cross, who's a criminal next to me, is seeking God. And he says, today you'll be with me in paradise. God, help me that to be me. Help that to be us. That no matter what we go through, no matter how hard our day is, no matter we've been fighting with the wife, fighting with the kids, whether the car breaks down on the way to work or whatever it is, God, may I be in that space where I'm sensitive enough to know that the person who's alive and breathing in front of me, who's looking for someone that would stand in the gap, that I could be a person that could reach out to him and reach out to God at that space in time. So many times we make things all about ourselves and the events of our life. And here's Jesus himself in such excruciating pain and still turns and said, today, because of the response, he spoke life into that man who didn't even know how to receive.
Last year, my wife and I had an opportunity similar, and we were renting. We have a, a third coast business, and we were renting a a CDU out to a couple. And uh, anyway, we could tell that this person was was uh, underneath the influence, and we don't rent to people underneath the influence. Church family, don't come to our business and think that if you're high, you can ride. Just kidding. I'm not expecting you guys to be high in coming for a ride. But anyway, the point of it is, is this person was high. And all of a sudden, uh, we said, no, you can't do that. It's against the law. And uh, the woman just broke. I'm thinking, it's not that big a deal. You can't ride this. Come back tomorrow, you know. And, <laughs> you know, and didn't know that her husband is dying of cancer. And he's in so much pain that he's high to deal with the pain. And I'm just like, whoa. I mean, hit, hit here, because who cares about the business? This is God's business now. I said, well, can you come over here by the, come over here by the picnic table? You're obviously very emotionally distraught. And you're going through something here. And then I sat next to them, and I just talked about Jesus. And you know what, it's really hard sometimes, you know, because sometimes you just, you get in that space and we're so busy with thinking about transactions or thinking about what could go wrong and we, we got to remain sensitive that the reason we have a business is that somebody needs to be in the gap. Third Coast is just another place to be in the gap for someone to know Jesus. There may be 1,100 renters, but that one that comes along, are you ready for that? Are you ready for that? You may have 364 days in a year that you show up work on time. In the 365th day, God has somebody that's broke, needing that touch. Are you ready for that? And you know what? Here's the thing is that Satan smells the spiritual space of God. Satan is a spirit. God is a spirit. And so in the spiritual realm, as much as God is trying to bring that intersection together, Satan sees it. So he'll fight you with sickness. He'll fight you with something else. He'll get you, try to get you distracted. You're, you, you're arguing about this or something on the, on, the, on the radio upsets you. Somebody drives in front of you, throws stones all over your car, and you get a, a, you know, you get a crack in your windshield. You're all losing your marbles over a crack in the windshield. And God's trying to get you into space that you can intersect the life for Jesus Christ. How many times have we missed it because we make things about the moment and God's saying, I'm visiting these people later today. Will you go before me? Remember, that's what Luke 10 said. He says, I want you to, I'm sending you out 70 to places I'm going to visit. Jesus is visiting all the time. How many of us are going to be sent to the space of people's lives and prepare the way. On the way here today, number, in fact, I'm gonna close on this. Number six, are you willing to fight battles for them and celebrate victories with them? On the way in this uh, church today, I was listening to these uh, people talking about COVID and the vaccine. And uh, they're just saying that we need people that, uh, that have already received the vaccine 
to go out there and basically be instruments to tell everybody else about receiving the vaccine. And that was the big pitch on it. It wasn't a Christian radio station, but they were just talking about, you know, sharing. And, and the reason I'm sharing this with you guys is not because I'm trying to tell you to go out and get the vaccine. I personally don't have it. And I'm not saying against it or for it. Please do not go and get crazy on this stuff with me, all right? Do not fill Facebook with this nonsense for me, okay? My point is this. The world is aggravated right now about this vaccine and getting everybody to know about it. I wish the church would be so aggravated to get the message out. And they were saying that if those who know and already had, and that the why they got the vaccine, if they could share with others, that others would receive the vaccine because they knew the why. Why are you saved? Why do you go to church? Why do you know Jesus? Why is it so important that you come here so that you can get out and get the greatest message that's out there? There's a better thing than a vaccine. His name is Jesus. And if we could be so sold out, the world should never teach us how to reach. And yet the world is teaching us today, people. The world, the radio right now is teaching us how to reach others with their message of saving, saving lives. Physical lives, by the way. Shouldn't we be more excited and more bought in to saving spiritual lives? Shouldn't we be more, you know, you know, realize that, go out there and show the world who Christ is. Why do I know Christ is my Savior? He is my only hope. That song, he is my desire, he is my passion, he is my love, he is my marriage, he is my grandfathering, he is my fathering, he is my all in all, he is my healer, he is my redeemer, he is my restorer, he is a lover of my soul, he is the one that goes over there and shows me the way when I have lost my way, he is the one that stands in the gap, he is the one that reaches out when no one else is reaching out, he is the one that goes out and touches someone that sitting in a garbage tent, not even knowing when their next meal is. He's that person. He's their next meal. He's their next hope. And we're so busy going, oh, I just, can you look at that, honey? I don't really want to see that right now. Instead of going, God, send me. In the, send me. I don't know what it is. Do I get in the dumpster with them? What is it you want me to do? If I got to be a dumpster diver for a day so that somebody accepts Christ, What's their story? Why are they doing that, God? Instead of just being an observer, teach me how to stand the gap. Lord, when your eyes are going to and fro, please don't bypass me because I'm not listening. That God, I don't have eyes to see it. Or even, heaven forbid, I have a, a real hard heart to be that person. Soften me, God. Give me those eyes. Give me those ears. Give me the sensitivity that if your love, that I could be a conduit. And Lord, thank you for the exercise to be touching two different spaces, you and them. What an honor that is. For some of us here, and I'm just going to conclude on this, so many of us 
are afraid we don't have the right words. I get it. I don't. So many of us are afraid that we'll say or do the wrong thing. I get it. But can I just share with you? God said that. He goes, don't worry about what to say or what to do. Sometimes I have found that someone just needs a hand and go, I, I don't have the answer that you're looking for, but I know someone who is. His name is Christ. And I can share what he's done in my life if you're willing to listen. And I have yet to have people shut that down. And then God comes and visits that space. And you go, well, I don't even know what's going to happen later. It's not your responsibility. It's not your problem. You're just a conduit. You're one just standing in the gap. Let God be God. You just be his child. Father, I thank you for this time. Lord, I am so excited about those getting baptized, making that step, another step of faith in their walk, turning their back on their old life. Lord God, in, in embracing their new life, all in God, literally in the tank, all in. Thank you for that, God. God, I pray right now that you increase the anointing Increase the space of understanding. God, I pray that, Lord God, that you bring right relationships in their path for, Lord, their stewardship and their discipleship. Father, I pray that those in the audience right now would be some of those that would stand in that gap and be those right relationships. I pray that they would have an impact on those that are in the audience. And Father, even those that are watching this, Lord, streaming right now live or watching it later, God, I pray right now that you would move in the space of their hearts, God. God, that we would not be a hard-hearted people in these last days, but we would be a softened people, Lord, that would understand and be sensitive to those promptings. Holy Spirit, we know that you're here. We yield to you and your power. We yield to your understanding and your coaching. And Jesus, thank you for walking this through with us. And Father, we aim our lives in your hands. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or if you've lost your way somewhere this last week or even in times past, right now we're going to pray a prayer of surrender and your life can be recommitted or committed to Him. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Father God, in Jesus' name, here I am. I surrender my life. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your hope and your love. Teach me your ways. In Jesus' name, I'm all yours. Amen. If you liked this message, we want you to share it. Subscribe to more podcasts through mylifechangechurch.tv. Get involved. Ask for prayer. Share your story. Go to mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer. We'll see you next week.